This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Objections, Sales EQ, and Inked, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. With me today is Jeremy Olson and Kristen Isaacson, who are experts on how to sell insurance from one of the top Allstate agencies in the country, but also experts in using role play to master the craft of selling. And we're going to talk a lot about role playing today, both for leaders and for individuals. Before we get started, I want you to go check out Sales Gravy University. Sales Gravy University is where sales teams and sales individuals from all over the world come to learn the craft of selling. And right now, you can take any course you want on SalesGrave University with the code FREECOURSE. Now, that's for people who've never taken a course before, so you have to be a first-time user. But if you've never used it before, like any course from the catalog, pick it, drop in free code when you check out, and just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com. Jeremy and Christian, welcome to the SalesGrave podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, I got to know you through your platform, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go along. But you guys are training insurance agents and producers uh, on the fly. Like you come in, you pick a subject, they sit down with you, and you do all this virtually. Then you record it, and then you uh, you put it on your platform. We've got a few of your videos on the Sales Gravy platform as well, but not. you've got a breadth of a library on your platform but what's different in this is that these are live role plays. So you're putting people through the paces and making them perform. Now, as a sales trainer, I love role playing. So if you, anybody ever sits in my in my sales training, and there's probably people who listen to this who have been there, know that like if you throw something to me, I'm not just going to answer your question. I'm going to role play it with you. I'm going to say, okay, you be you, and I'll be your customer, or I'll be you, and you be the customer, and let's do this together. Because I just believe that role-playing is the most effective way to learn. It's experiential learning. It's hands-on. So we can acquire knowledge, but until we actually do something, we don't apply the knowledge. So let's start with where this idea came from to run these insurance agent role plays. I'm not exactly sure what you call them, but that's what I call them. So um, so <laughs> what? where did this come from? It's funny you ask, yeah. So I had been an agency owner at that point for, I believe, 17 years. You know, I thought we had things figured out. We did pretty well in the insurance game. But I decided we need a little bit more. I really wanted my producers to just be better at talking to people. So I kind of thought outside the box. I went and hired Kristen. She was uh, still is a certified Dale Carnegie instructor. Uh, Hired her to be my team coach. And I, I remember... I got quite a few calls from corporate, from some of my managers, and they were like, what are you doing? You're bringing this person in. They're not going to sell any insurance for you. They're just going to teach your people how to talk. And I'm like, that's right. And so the very first week that I had Kristen on my team, she walked in the door. She said, Jeremy, let's implement this thing called role play. And I had it. What do you think? I had a team of 15 or 20 at that point. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, Kristen, nah, that's the dumbest idea we've I've ever heard. We don't role play around here. We just we just don't do it. And, you know, I look back now, uh, nine years later that, that Kristen's been on my team, and I honestly feel very guilty to to the experience that I was providing for my team up until this, because to me, role play in 25 years now as an agency owner has truly been the most impactful thing that we've ever, ever done. 
to me, again, we use this story all the time. It would be like playing in the NFL and just allowing a player to show up on Monday or Sunday and say, coach, put me in. I didn't practice, but let me go. I've got it. And uh, it, it's just been so impactful in our production with our, you know, our producers uh, write a lot more business because we truly have created a culture of everyday practice. And so I'll let you share just kind of how we launched our POA. Um, well, actually, we launched our POA. I did not want to launch our POA. He's the business idea person. And I'm just the like, let's take care of the people person. And he said, I've got this idea. First, he said he was going to call it role play with Kristen. And I'm like, no, no, we don't need to do that. And then we ended up doing role play at the Olson agency, because that's basically what we do. And all we wanted to do is show people or help any insurance agent that wanted to, you know, our help how we train our people in our agency. And it's so you know heavy with the role play, just like you were saying earlier, Jeb, how everything that you do when you're interacting with people and doing your workshops, you like to like say, okay, you play the customer, I'll play you know the advisor. That's what we do. And I think that it's just, it becomes a very collaborative conversation. It's not putting someone on the spot. It's that practice piece that we need to do in order to be agile. So we started with just the concept of um, doing a once a week webinar where we had, we call them live victims. They're the people that actually role play. And um, we would roll out a concept, any kind of concept, like I'm not interested, let me talk to my spouse, any of those things that everybody's getting on a daily basis and just kind of talking about the psychology of it and then practice, practicing it with the role play piece. And it's become very popular. Yeah. Now, you know, I walk into my agency now and I, I don't even recognize it compared to so many years ago. My team, top to bottom, they love daily practice. They love role playing just so they're prepared, you know, to get on the phone. I would in the early years, I'd walk in and somebody would say, please hold. Jeremy, what would you say in this case? Now, literally, they know every single time they're probably better than I am at overcoming objections at this point, because that is what they do day in and day out. If they're struggling with an objection, they get another team member on. They're like, let's role play this so we can truly master it. They just feel more comfortable in their day-to-day -day jobs. Uh, today's Monday. We actually just took a 20% rate increase in my state. So all of our insurance policies are 20% higher today. And over the last few months, I knew this was coming and we, you know, we were planning out, how are we going to tell the team this? Oh my gosh, they're going to struggle. This is going to be tough for them to go through. My team's reaction was they don't care because they're ready. They're prepared. They know how to overcome the price objection. And uh, none of that would happen if they were not role-playing every single day and uh, you know, just used to that objection. It sounds like I need to start advertising, selling the price increase, a book I wrote in your state. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. <laughs> So I love the analogy. Actually, yeah, I mean, <laughs> thanks for telling me that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, um, I, I I've been doing a lot of insurance work with selling the price increase. Uh, mm -hmm. The um, I love the analogy for uh, the NFL. So I have this core belief that sales professionals are the elite athletes of the business world. And if you look at any elite athlete, what are they doing? They're practicing. In fact, they practice most of the time. One of the things that Lee Trevino once said, uh, and a lot of people don't remember who Lee Trevino was if you don't know golf, but he was one of the one of the great mm -hmm. golfers. My he was my dad was a huge fan of Lee Trevino. So when when I was small and we would go to the Masters, we would follow Lee Trevino around. So I'm really connected to this guy. But he he said that you you need to practice four hours on the just practicing for every hour you spend on the golf course. 
And how is that different in sales? I love the, the analogy of you, you, you know, I'm just put me in coach, I'll be good. They don't do that. These are lead mm-hmm. athletes in the NFL. They're lead athletes in golf, but they practice and they practice and practice. Essentially, what they're doing is they're role playing. They're role playing mm-hmm. the play. They're playing against each other. They're role playing how they're going to shoot a shot. All of those things matter. And in sales, which is a skills position, everything mm-hmm. that you teach, by the way, to a salesperson, everything is perishable over time. Mm-hmm. Because of what we do and how we operate, role playing helps connect the dots. And the, you know, I, I love what you said, you know, your team's more prepared. I, I give an example. If I go in with a team and we run role plays before we run a phone block. So we just run through five set telephone process, run through your because statements, and we role play that five times each. And then we hop on the phones. The outcomes are typically twice what they would get if we didn't do the role play. And all of this is a simple practice. It takes 10 minutes. But here's the thing. Here's the rub, Kristen, and I'm sure you've been there. You walk into a room and go, we're going to role play, and salespeople start running the other way. Like, I'm not – if you've never heard this, I'm sure you have. I'm, I'm not good at role playing. That's just not what I'm mm-hmm. good at. I'm good at playing the game. That's what they say. How do you deal with that as a leader? Because <clears throat> I run into it all the time as a leader, but I'm not really good at it. And I've seen two types of leaders. One lead, one type of leader runs from that and says, okay, and they let people off the hook. And the other leader says, that's too bad. We're going to role play anyway. Uh, what do you say about that? What's the, what's the process for a leader to get over that uncomfortable, awkward process of moving people into a role play? Um, well, first of all, as a leader, you have to earn the right and earn the trust and respect of your team to say, we're doing it anyways. So, I mean, to me, every time someone says that, uh, I've heard people like nobody likes it at first. You know, I, I didn't like role play when I first started doing it. I just saw the value in it. Um, but I think that the trust piece is huge. Um, if someone tells me that on our team, I'll just say, just think of it as practice. And that does not mean you have to be perfect. We're just going to keep on practicing and you get as many do-overs as you possibly want. Like this isn't, um, I've heard people sometimes role play or coaches role play and they'll say, that's not good enough. Try again. That's not good enough. Try again. Okay. You're not on the phones today. You don't sound good enough. Well, who would want to ever role play again? Um, So if you create an environment of trust, if you make it fun, if you change it up and make it very collaborative, people will catch on really fast that it's okay and that they actually can have fun and see some progress with it. But um, I mean, I've been doing this a long time now and uh, everybody has said what you just said. Everybody says they're better on the phones, but the only way to be even better than that is to role play. And so that's what I tell them. I don't have any, you know, I think that you have to earn the right to be saying that by actually walking the walk too. But Jeremy, nobody, I mean, think about it. Like no, no elite athlete likes really like to practice. I mean, I, like I, I love, I'm a, I mean, I'm an athlete. I love to play sports. I mean, these days it's golf probably more than anything else, but uh, but back in my day, I played college soccer and I loved being in the game. Like I, the game time we were on, but the practice tedious. And I mean, if I have to run one more lap around this field and run that play one more time, people hate practice. I mean, how do we get past that? Like how, what's the, how do we shift the mindset of the salesperson to help them understand the value of practice the same way? elite athletes get it. Like they don't like it, but they get it. Yeah. I think for us that that really starts in the interview. When we bring people on our team, they're very aware of what our culture is. I think Kristen's ability to coach without breaking people down. So they don't want to run is a big part of it. Uh, Something very specific that we do in my agency that I think is different compared to what I hear out there 
and something that we shifted to, I was totally guilty of it myself, uh, we want to, because we're writing somebody a check for payroll, we want them to produce. So a lot of times as owners, we're like, day one, you better be bringing in policies, you better sell something today so I can pay for you. And we very intentionally don't care about them selling anything for a full month. We spend one full month, 30 days on training, on role-playing, on coaching them. So they just know that is the deal here. And, you know, we explain it to them uh, like this. We just say, you know, if we didn't do that, you we would be just throwing you to the wolves. You'd come in and for your whole career, you'd be operating at 70 or 80% because you never took the time to really master your craft. We're going to give you this whole month. We're going to coach you, train you so that for your career, you're operating at 100%. And the, the people that we onboard like this, they absolutely outproduce the people that that don't because they want to be so quick to get out there and sell something. So, so I, I think that's a really key point, too, is the ones who are on top are doing this, like the ones who are rising through the ranks uh, faster are the ones that are more actively engaged, like in team meetings and actively engaged in um, their own growth through doing role playing and really like, you know, just problem solving and asking part of role play is asking a lot of questions. It's not just like, here's a script, do it exactly like this. It's working through it. Um, sometimes I'll even say, put the script away. Now, let me hear you paraphrase that the way that you would say it. And, um, you know, so people can understand that the script is a launching pad for the other things that you're going to do. You have to use your common sense in sales, yeah, but no. we can't give you a script for everything. Yeah, no, and we, we talk to owners every day and a, a lot of times they will say, you know, this all sounds great. We love the scripts, but my team tell me, I just don't feel good. I don't feel comfortable doing this. We don't want to role play. And it always goes back to, in my opinion, just how the role plays were led. You've got to find the right person to lead them. For our team, that's Kristen. She's got a very unique way of coaching. She keeps it different, keeps it positive, upbeat. If you're just saying, here's the script, go role play it, that's going to be boring for the producer. They're not going to want to be engaged. Kristen can give you some specific examples, but she does things like, She'll have them role play speaking super loud, super slow, super fast in an accent, just very different ways. She mixes it up every day so that they come to it. You know what's on the agenda for today. It's going to be fun. They look forward to it. Let me throw two things out there as we start thinking about this role playing in terms of of how do you build it in and make it an expectation. So I've worked in organizations, one of the, my favorite companies I've ever worked for. Uh, role playing was just every day. Like it was what we did every single day. Like if you were walking down a hall, someone would ring ring you. Like the, the, like the ring, you an, you answer the phone. Mm -hmm. Like it would say ring ring. Like that like and you could, any any point anybody in the company could ring ring you, and you'd have to answer the phone and deal with whatever they threw at you. And it was just powerful because you just knew like you had to know what to do, what to say. You needed to know the scripts. You needed to know how to handle objections. You needed to know anything. And, and and like even at like national conferences, I was walking down the hall. The CEO was in the hall with me, the CEO. And I was I was a kid at the time. I mean, you know, 23, 24 years old. And the CEO of a company that was a you know national company ring ring me in the hall. Scared me to death. <laughs> uh, I thought we were the only ones that did yeah. this. So, but, but that like that process of always on, I think, is is important for culture. I, I, mm -hmm. I was talking to a leader the other day ago. They're a fanatical prospecting company. They, you know, they've ingested our our program. But he says every morning we, before we ever get on the phones, everybody has to go through a role play, 
And then once you do the role play, then you get your list of leads. And you and that's just what we do. And it's how we it's how we expect everybody to work. So I think one is you have to create a culture where role playing is just the norm. So for example, in my culture, if you come to me and say, Jeb, I got a problem with, you know, this customer said to me, what do I do? I go, okay. You be the customer, I'll be you. I want you to do it just like the customer did it and throw it at me. Let's let's work, like you said, this, the, the, the words that I use all the time, let's work through this together. I don't know that mm-hmm. I have the answer, but let you get into the state where you are the customer. And I love to do that to people because then they have to act like the customer. They can be as mean to me as they want to. And 99% of the time, you know, I get through whatever objection they threw at me and they go, oh, and they go, well, you could have been mean, or I mean, you had the ability to go, well, that works for me. And I go, okay, great. So let's, you do it now. So I think mm-hmm. you got to do that. I think number two is, and Jeremy, you said this is you have owners that say, well, my people don't like to role play. So I've got two things that I want to talk about there. One is that, and this is important, especially for producers, especially in activity driven organizations, if the leader doesn't have the courage to create a culture, where there's an expectation for accountability for everything, the organization's going to fail. And, mm-hmm. and, in, in, and so if, if, the, if the salespeople make the leader feel uncomfortable because the salespeople who I don't really like it, they stonewall, they put up that, you know, I've, you've been in that situation, Christian, where you've got that environment in it. If they do that to you and you walk away, you just taught them how to win the game, mm-hmm. make the boss go away. So that's a really big issue. And I want to talk about that. And the second thing I want you to talk about is, which I think is even more important, if you don't, as a leader, have the chops to role play with your people. Like, for example, if the person says, I just got a price objection, and you don't have the chops to say, okay, throw the objection at me, let me handle it. If you can't do that, you got problems. And that, by the way, doesn't mean that you need to be perfect because... Every day in my life, I role play with people. I go, all right, throw it at me. And they hit me with it, and I screw it up. I, I, I mangle the message. I, t- I, you know, I, I make a mistake. I give up too soon. And then I'll just say, all right, let's rewind that. That was terrible. Don't take that as an example. Do it again. And then the next yeah. time they do it, I've got it better. And then I'll go, okay, see what we're doing now? Now do it mm-hmm. one more time. And the final time, I'm like, bam. You know, and they're like, oh, that was perfect. Let me write that down. So as right. a leader, you have got to be able to do that and have the courage to do that. And I think a lot of leaders, A, don't want to look bad in front of their people. But what they don't understand is that when you're trying in the middle of your people, you're earning trust. Like you're earning credibility because you're willing to do that. So let's talk about that real quickly. What do leaders need to change so that they're not letting their people off the hook? No different than if you're an NFL coach and your players come into, you know, on the field, they go, we're not practicing today, coach. You pay, you be, you are practicing. I'm going to fine all of you. You're going to get on the field. They wouldn't mm-hmm. do that because there's an expectation of practice. And then two, how did you as a leader shift your mindset so that you can get in the trenches and role pay with your people on anything and be with them? So I, I don't know which one of y'all take it. Let's throw it to Kristen because I think Jerry yeah, was you can, up last. Yeah, you can take that let's, part. Let's I, I was just going to talk. Take the part about you know what does it take to commit as a leader? Yeah, I think it is is just that. It is absolutely committing and being unwavering in your commitment to your team that you want to get that you want them to get better. Uh, we I made this commitment by hiring Kristen. You know, I, I sat in a team meeting. We we flew probably fifteen of my producers down to a seminar for two days. Right after I hired Kristen, we listened to producer after producer get up on stage and talk about how many policies they sold. And uh, afterwards, uh, we were we were about to fly home, and I rented a conference room at the airport. 
And I, I remember my whole team, they were nervous. You know, what are we doing here? Are we all going to get fired? Jeremy's raise, really raising the bar here. And uh, we had this conversation with him and just said, you know, this is us really drawing a line in the sand and saying, we are raising the bar. This is going to be an amazing thing for you guys and an amazing thing for the agency. This is all good stuff, but, but you know, this will be the bar being raised from today moving forward. We've hired a coach. We're doing all this stuff. And we had 15 salespeople at that point. Seven days later, we had six. We literally lost nine from people raising the bar. by raising this mm -hmm. bar and, and committing to role play was a huge part of it. This is what we're going to do. Uh, at that point, you know, they were all quitting. We could have very easily said, okay, okay, we won't do it. But we knew that this committing to practice would change the whole game for us. You know, losing 60% of our sales team, we never missed a beat. We never produced any uh, fewer items. We actually produced more the next month because we had a team of people that were that were committed. So I would say for owner, agency owners, any business owner, that's got to be it. You committing to it. This is your business. If this is what you think will help your business run the best, you've got to stick to it. You cannot let your team talk you out of it. And, and we do get owners all the time that say, we gave it a few weeks. They just, I, that, that's not us. You've got to, Kristen and I have worked together on this relentlessly seven days a week for almost nine years now. It does not happen overnight. I would say that's the other piece is, you know, the commitment, but also knowing it's a process. This will not happen in, in three weeks. You're not going to be doubling your production because you started role-playing. This is nine years and we've, it's taken us nine years to basically triple our production. So, you know, over the course of a year, two years, you will see movement, but it's not going to be overnight. Yeah. yeah and, and I think before you answer that yeah. question, Kristen, I, I want to just, I want to put a, 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 uh, dot on that eye uh, when it comes to the, the people giving up too soon. And, and I want to go beyond just the agency owner. You're a frontline sales leader. You're working for a big company and your people make you go away. You're trying to run your sales meetings and you say, let's role play this. And you get a little bit nervous and it gets a little bit awkward in the room and then you give up. You teach your people how to run you. You mm -hmm. have to have the courage. You have to be Teflon because, and it really comes down to, to this for me. Do you love your people or not? Do you love them? Like if you love them, that means that you want them to succeed at the highest level possible, make as much money as possible so that they can do the best possible things for their family. And if you love them, you're going to drill them. Like you're going to drill it through role plays, drill it through role plays so that when they're out on the street, they're doing their very best. And that's the other thing about a leader you got to recognize is that in most cases, you're not going to be there. You can't be sitting beside them where they're going to ask you, oh, what do I say in this situation, Jeremy? you got to trust that they're on the street doing their very best. You get paid for what they do, not what you do. So this whole idea, it makes me feel uncomfortable as a leader. That is you abdicating your responsibility to make your people the very best of, of what they can possibly be so that they can succeed at a higher level. So I think you're exactly right. As, as a leader, no matter what level you are, You've got to commit to this because it is absolutely the key to running a high-performance team. Your people are elite athletes. Elite athletes train. Role play is training. So, Kristen, I'm going to throw it back to you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but let's talk oh, about no, the, let's no. the second piece of this, which is getting in the trenches with your people and actually doing it, which I think is part of why, why leaders go away because they don't feel comfortable and – 
and I think, and they, they, first of all, I don't know that they feel comfortable with the craft itself. Maybe they don't understand the processes. Maybe they don't really understand how to sell very well. But I think that what I see is a lot of leaders don't, they feel like if they, they're role playing and they screw up, then they look bad in front of their people. Like they have to be perfect. And you just said earlier, role playing about being perfect is about practice. Exactly. And I think that um, it's funny, like every time we have an agency owner come to us and say, my team doesn't like role player, I can't get my team to do this. It just drives me crazy because you have to be the one running your team. Your team can't run you just like you were saying. And um, with role play, you know, um, first of all, you have to implement it. So he, we make the commitment, you know, as an agency to do this, then you have to figure out the way that you're going to implement it. And so we have a very specific, it's not every single day, it's not um, meetings that run over because we don't have enough time to finish. You've got to actually have like a strategy of how to role play. And so one thing uh, that we implemented right away is just having team meetings every single day. So they knew what they could rely on. Some of the team meetings had role play. Some of the team meetings didn't have role play. Um, we do it now a very specific way. Every Wednesday, we have a very specific role play because we roll out a new topic every single week on Tuesday. And so Wednesday is debrief of Tuesday and then role play it. And then our team members are constantly role playing back and forth. And then we have other meetings. We have a meeting, a really fun meeting every single week called the one that got away, where it's just kind of a free form team meeting, which you would love, Jed, um, that just is, you know, people talking about the ones that got away, the harder objections or ones that they just couldn't solve for during the week. And we literally are just problem solving. So sometimes even me as a leader, I'll have to say, let me think about that one, throw it at me mm -hmm. and let's just work through it. Like, I don't know how I would respond to that until I feel it. And so I'll ask them how that sounds. What would you change? And sometimes like they're giving me coaching too, which is great. It's super fun. Um, it goes back and forth. The biggest thing for me is like when you're playing the role of an advisor, you're the advisor. So you got to think like an advisor with the customer's benefit in mind, always speak to the benefit of the customer. And I always want to know, like with the customer, I don't want them to think like an advisor. I want them to play the role of the customer and really hear it from a consumer's perspective. And I want to hear, you know, what would you guys want to hear as a customer? Because we're all customers, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what did you feel as a customer? How, you know, what did you like about what that person did? Okay, let's change this. That makes a lot of sense. And it's like a big think tank where we get a lot of collaboration and we keep on trying until something sticks. Okay, so let's um, stop right there. I think that yeah. there's something really super important that you said, because there's a transition or a transformation that happens in a classroom when you start doing role play well, like people start getting into it. And- there's a couple of things, I think, from a leadership standpoint, I want to switch to the individual producer and talk a little bit about it, some advice for them. But when you're a leader and you're willing to say, and I just, I, as a trainer, I walk into strange classrooms with strange people because I train people all over the world. And in mm -hmm. every single classroom, people go, I'm not really good at role playing. And I go, that's okay. We're going to do it anyway. Go. And the reason, mm -hmm. the reason I, the way I usually start is I'll be you, you be the customer. That puts them in a mm -hmm. lot better position because now they can just be mean to me. Mm -hmm. um, but but once it starts rolling downhill, people really begin to get into the role. Like, like right. I love what you said. Like, tell me how it felt to be the customer. Mm -hmm. So you, then they start taking on the psychology. Like, they can start seeing it through the customer's eye. Empathy in sales is a meta skill. 
And you can talk about empathy or you can teach people how to do it. And the best mm -hmm. way to do it is to step in the role, step in the shoes of that person. And when you get you get magic in a, in a role play situation, when people actually begin to become that person. And what I really love is when I point out to them, I'm like, we're in the middle of a role play. And I'm like, like you're like that person. And they're like, yeah, I know. I said, and you're <laughs> reacting the same way. Like, you know, this is psychology. You're doing exactly, you could do anything you want to. You could get out of this. You could yell. You could scream. You could be ugly. You could put up impossible barriers. But you didn't. Why? Well, you know, it just felt right. Like what they were saying made sense to me. Like it was the right kind of question. They were listening. It made me feel good. And then you can see the light bulb click on. Mm -hmm. That to me is powerful. But that only happens, by the way, in a classroom where you've created that environment where people quit being self-conscious about what they're doing and they right. actually just do it. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's the culture that we've built. And when, when you were talking to Jeremy, I was thinking back to when I first started here and nobody wanted a team coach. I can tell you that I wasn't embraced with open arms. I actually thought, okay, Kristen, you're going to have to be disliked for at least two years, you know, because I knew like the work that we had in front of us. I would meet like people one-on-one -on -one, and we had like five offices at the time and I would drive around to the different offices, set appointments and meet and people would literally ghost me. Like they wouldn't be there for one reason or another. They happened to just have to go down the street for a coffee or they forgotten about an appointment. And uh, I could not believe like as a leader, the way that I was being treated at first. Um, and so we had to develop this culture, like you're saying, where the team wasn't running me, you know, like, and I, I don't believe like in necessarily like hierarchy. What I always tell people is I have a role that I play within this agency that makes different decisions than their role and the decisions that they make. And so if it seems like I have to like correct something, it's because that's my role. Like I, I have to actually be upfront, open and honest with people when they're not doing something that we think that they should do, because that's the role that I have in this agency. That doesn't mean I'm better than them. That means that this is this is what I'm doing here. And this is the, you know, the traffic that I'm directing. And um, little by little, things started to change when we started to really like stay consistent. I think that consistency piece is huge. You can't say, oh, I role played like five times last week, just like going to the gym, right? Um, you go to the gym and you get super excited. And so the first three weeks you're there like five days a week and you're seeing benefit and results. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I don't have time this week. So I'm going to go two times. And then all of a sudden there's three weeks where you just don't go at all. And then you're expecting to still see results. Well, that just doesn't happen. And I think the role play is exactly the same way where you have to stick with the consistency forever. It, it should never go away. It has to be a part of your culture that way. And I hear so many team members that, you know, from other agencies, we teach, you know, classes where we have them come in and they'll be with us for a couple of days. And we always ask, do you role play? And some people will say once a week, every once in a while, never, you know, and really going to a class won't have any meaning if you don't have post-development. You've got to actually like, that's the way that you actually, you know, when you implement things, that's how you actually get stronger and faster and better at what you do and more efficient. And so um, I think that as we started to make this shift and started to really put that consistency in there, people started to trust that we had their back and that it wasn't like something to be judgmental or critical of them, but something that helped them get better. Everybody started talking. The, the actual team atmosphere became more collaborative, like people had each other's backs more. There was nobody saying, hey, you know, she stole my sale or he, he stole my sale. 
we had everybody like working as a family really. And it, it was crazy. Like role play does so much more than just practice the talk pass. You know, it practices a way of really unifying a team. So let's, let's shift into the individual. So we've talked about how role-playing unifies your team, how role-play creates a culture of accountability, how role-play uh, brings people together. It, it opens them up to looking at things through the customer's eyes. We've talked about how leaders play a massive role in creating these cultures and driving role-play and where those failures are. So if you're a leader and you get pushed off by your team, then you're you're essentially failing as a leader, failing your team, and, and how important role play is. But as an individual, like as an individual person, uh, there's going to be some salespeople who are going to wait around for the leader to do the role playing. And, I, and that's a really poor strategy. Because if you start thinking about the value of role playing in terms of how does it help you close business or sell more, uh, it's you have to start taking some responsibility to to run practice before when, when I guess mm -hmm. when nobody's looking or before you get there. And let me give you mm -hmm. a, a good example, Jeremy. So back, you know, in my, in my briefcase carrying days of every day, my my job was to make money for my family because I had to go make a commission check. I remember on like Saturdays, I'd be putting proposals together, and I would force my wife, who is not a salesperson to be my customer and I would walk through the, the proposals and and then we would talk about it and she would start picking the pieces out. And in fact, I did that this morning. I've got a big proposal coming up and I said, let me walk you through this recommendation and how I'm going to present it. What do you think? And she came back and said, that's a lot of words. You need to cut that down. And so I went back and said, okay, I mean, it didn't, it didn't you know, when you get when you get told that by your wife, even though you've done this for 30 years, it still hurts your feelings. I'm like, I thought it was going to be perfect. But I went back and I grabbed her a few minutes ago and said, I, I changed everything about that. I appreciate that really helped out a lot because she was right. But sometimes you can't see those things. So, uh, so, but as an individual, Jeremy, how do you do like, should, I mean, is it, should you just grab the person sitting next to you and say, hey, let me run this by you? Can you, can you as an individual find other people in your life that you can role play with and run things by. And we're not talking about, I need to sit someone down for two hours. I'm talking about, Hey, this is my pitch. How does that sound? Uh, how do you, like, how do you do that as an individual or how do you develop that, that mindset of, I, I own my performance enough that I'm going to use this practice mentality or this practice methodology to, to rise to a higher level. Yeah, I would say, first of all, it's funny, we talk about this a lot, that the successful ones on our team and other teams, they are the ones that are reaching out. Kristen always says that's her favorite thing is when one of our top producers reaches out to her, Kristen, help. I can feel I'm going down. I can feel I need help in the in this area. What can we do? Those are the ones that really are going to be your top producers. But I, I would say it would be find your style the style that works best for you. Uh, so some people, uh, no matter how good they are, they might be uncomfortable role-playing in front of a huge, you know, a giant group. Some like the one-on-one. -on -one. We have that on our team all the time where if they're struggling, they'll reach out, jump on Zoom with one other producer and just role-play that with them. We have some that love role-playing with themselves on the, <laughs> on the way to work in their car. That's how they get better. In the with shower, getting ready, shaving, in yeah, in you know, with their spouse, with their girlfriend, with uh, you know, their friends, they do that all the time. But it's it it would be that find what suits you best. 
that you're going to be able to commit to it on a regular basis. It's, is there a need to get past this mentality that, well, I don't like it. It's hard. And just accept that it, you're not going to like it and it's hard. Like I, my experience this morning, I role played with my wife. I knew that whatever she was going to say wasn't going to make me happy because I, what I wanted her to say was, oh, my God, you're a genius. That was amazing what you just did. And I knew she wasn't going to say that, but I've gotten over it a long time ago because it makes me better. Is there is there just is this just a place where you just have to say, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm probably going to stink. And I just got to get past this because it's going to help me uh, get better. I mean, I like I use a, a format called or a formula called murder boarding before we walk into a big deal. And that's that is we role play every possibility that could kill the deal. It's terribly uncomfortable. It exposes every weakness that you have. You There are moments when you just want to walk out of the room because you're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But if you do it, when you go into a closing call, it's 10 times easier than it would have been if you hadn't done that. How do we, as individual human beings, deal with that fact that it's going to be uncomfortable, that it's going to be hard, and that we need to get past that because it makes us better? I mean, we talk about uncomfortable all the time. I always say, like, that's my favorite thing to do is make people feel uncomfortable in role play, (laughs) but not uncomfortable in a degrading kind of way. Uncomfortable, like, I don't know what to say next, you know, because then we can stop and think about it. We do this every single week when we're practicing for our role plays. Like, we go through our scripts with a fine tooth comb. I don't even know how many times. And there's something that happens when you role play a lot where you can just, there's things that, like, will be, what do you think of, you know, like he'll write something and then he'll say, what do you think of this? And I'll listen. And all of a sudden it's like, my head just goes, I didn't really like that right there. And so then he'll say, okay, well, what do you think of this? Or I'll say, what do you think if you added this? And we just go back and forth and back and forth. And I think at some point, you know, like it really did make people feel so uncomfortable in our agency. But at this point, we don't have to overcome that challenge with our team members of, you know, like, not accepting it. I feel like there, I have people coming to me and saying, give me everything you've got. Like, I want to hear what everything that you have to say. And I, there's one thing that I do a lot of in, in like coaching role play is I always ask people, um, either them or somebody else, I'll say, what did you like about what Jeb did there? And they'll tell you like what you did right, basically. And sometimes we don't know what we're doing right. And so it builds this like thing, you know, where you're like, okay, I want to do more of that. And then I might ask, what do you think that there's one, if you could pick one thing to tweak, what would it be? And then they'll say, you know, maybe he could have said this here. Okay, Jeb, now try that. And let's see if we all hear the difference. And then we get this like kind of group buy-in, but it just becomes so, it becomes not role play. I don't know how to say it, but it just, it isn't role play anymore because It's like what you're saying, it's just getting better and working through all of the possible kinks that could happen. And it it changes like the way that people see it. Um, So I think at first, you know, maybe people feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you know, our whole motto here is growth and get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Um, I also think that the best people who are uncomfortable, they have a lot of self-knowledge and so the, that's when they, they will say, I can't do this on my own. I need to reach out. And I absolutely 
love that. But, you know, there's people in the agency that will, you know, say, what would Jeremy do? You know, they have that saying or, you know, they just, um, I, I don't feel like we actually have that challenge as much now as we used to, but we do in some of the classes that we teach where people feel extremely nervous. I think it's the nerves more than anything. And that repetition will take care of that. But yeah, I, I would say if you're a producer listening to answer Jeb's question, yes, you've got to commit to practice. You can't say, I'm going to get by for my entire career as a salesperson. I don't need the practice. Mm -hmm. You have got to commit to it. And I, I know it will be uncomfortable like we keep talking about. I remember we had a, a producer on our team six or seven years ago. And when we were doing role play, she absolutely dreaded it. You could tell she would like make her computer not work or, oh, sorry, my audio is not working today, you know, very intentionally. So she didn't have to do it. And she was really poor at this specific uh, phrase that we use to transition our service calls into sales. She just was not coming off as genuine and as herself. And that was because she just flat out refused to practice it and role play it. So one day I called her up and I said, okay, here's the deal. I know you don't love role-playing this in front of everybody. Do me a favor, jump on Zoom and just record yourself 100 straight times saying this line, the same line, 100 times. And I'm confident it's going to make you more comfortable with you because you're not sounding very smooth unlike yourself. Mm -hmm. Just focus on these 100 times. It might take you 10 minutes. It might take you 20, 100 straight times. Be yourself. And the it changes over time. <laughs> the, the difference between, you know, the first time when she was very robotic, not herself, and just didn't sound like the person we knew she could be. The difference between that time and the 100th time was like night and day. So within 20 minutes, okay, go do that. Go do the 100th time, say it. And her sales immediately took off. And that, that really is. But they light up too. Like they see the confidence and all of a sudden they want to do it. I mean, that's it. If they see results, they want to do more of it. If they feel like they've had a positive interaction with the person that's leading them. And, and that's our role as the owner, sales manager, is to get your people to want to do this, not to be forced to do it. And this is just what we do. I hate this part of the day. We, we have a culture now where every person on our team absolutely loves role-playing. Well, they it, pro there's some it, that probably still feel uncomfortable. But sounds crazy, we'll but, <laughs> but that is because of the, you know, doing it every single day. Kristen's, uh, you know, she just said it a minute ago, focus on one thing. We see managers and owners so often, they're like, well, your tone was off a little bit. Slow down a little bit. Speak louder. You know, they give and then them, say this. They give them five different things, and by the time they're done with that, they're I don't even remember what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Versus, even if we hear five things that need to be changed, pick the most. Kristen's very one. very good at picking one thing, the most important thing that she feels will impact them, and they go work on that, and then that gives them the confidence that they mastered one thing versus yeah. five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's. Very similar to how athletes practice. You focus on one mm -hmm. thing, you master that, you move to the next thing. There's a saying in the the Marine Corps that uh, pain is weakness leaving the body. And I think that what I'm hearing you say is that uh, in role-playing, if you feel uncomfortable, that's weakness leaving your sales game. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's such an interesting, I actually have to write that down. But yeah, exactly. Because I mean, think about like your comfort zone. Once you stretch it, like it, you don't go back. Like it's, you keep on stretching it more and more and more. And all of a sudden you're at a different place and you didn't even know like how you, how you got to that. 
And like you say, it's pain leaving the body, but you're not feeling the pain leaving the body, but all of a sudden you're at a different level, right? Perfect. Before we wrap up, tell me um, about your role play platform. Just tell tell us what you do because it's cool. Like it's unique. There's not a lot of people doing. Well, I don't think there's anybody doing what you do. Um, I found it so unique that I got you to give me some of your stuff so we could put it on Salesgrave University. But you guys have this entire platform that's really built around insurance and agencies and producers that anybody can come and sign up for where you can go in and be a part of these live role plays. Not only can you volunteer, as you say, to be a victim, but you can, mm-hmm. uh, but you can, you can actually in, in, engage real time. And it's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. so cool uh, Thank you. Th- that I, I want you to, to, to just grab some time and tell people about what you're doing and then how they, if they want to be a part of this, how they can, how they can join you. Yeah, and I guess we would start by saying, first of all, neither of us ever thought we would be hosting a, a role play on insurance topic show. Uh, I'm not a huge public speaker, uh, first of all, and you know, Kristen spends so much time talking to our producer. She's super busy, but honestly, we just saw the impact that role play can have on producers within my own team. You know, I have a team of about 50 now. And just made, like we talked about earlier, the biggest difference over anything I've ever, ever implemented in my agency. And I've always been an agency owner that loves to help other agents. And I talk to probably 20 of them every single day. And I just knew I needed to share this. Uh, but I thought, well, Krista could just do that. But she drugged me into the show somehow. And we now we now do, yeah, it's a live interactive. That's what way. happens when you say, nope, I won't do it. Because the first time <laughs> I suggested role play, then the universe is like, I'll show him. He's going to start a business. But yeah, so we partnered in the business together. Yeah. So uh, we do a live interactive webinar every Tuesday. It's the same time. It's 30 minutes uh, where we have our members vote on the next week's topic. So it could be an objection, a closing technique anything to do with insurance. And uh, we we bring on two, like Kristen said, we call them victims. They are real producers in real agencies around the country. We've never met them. They've never met us. You could have a state farm producer in New York role-playing with a farmer's producer in Oregon. So uh, it's really neat in that you get to see different personalities every week. We spend the first 15 minutes of the show just talking about the why behind the show. We tips. give we give data, we do a, you know, a lot of tips, our experience uh, in that specific topic. Then we have the two producers role play it live. And then Kristen gives them some great coaching at the end and you see them role play it again and literally change uh, before your eyes. And then everything goes into the library. So we have, we have literally sat in these chairs for 190 two straight Tuesdays uh, we've been here and uh, they're all in the library. So anytime somebody is, you know, struggling with the spousal objection, price, go send it to it. me in an email, whatever it is, we have very specific topics that we hear every day in our agency. And, uh, you and we're can- constantly like updating them. Um, our scripts are, we have a script with every role play in Spanish and in English and like you said something earlier about how like things change in sales, like the way that you talk changes over time. Mm-hmm. So we really try to like not have any role plays on there that are past like maybe, you know, a couple of years old. So we're redoing things too, because something that was relevant three years ago, like during COVID, you know, we might talk about it totally different, same mm-hmm. objection, but totally different now. And so we're always updating the content as well, just to keep it relevant. 
And yeah, our, our whole goal, I would say, with the show is that after 30 minutes, and we created it that way very intentionally um, so that people would come. I have 100% of my team members watch it live for its 30 minutes. The idea is that they work on that topic all week long. And so after 52 weeks, you've literally spent a week on 52 different closing techniques or objections. If you've mastered half of them, man, you're going to be a lot better. Mm -hmm. But the whole goal as we develop the content, and trust me, we spend seven days on each show uh, right up until the very end because we're listening to our producers' calls, we're talking to people, and you know, really gathering things that are going to let people leave that show and literally walk over to the phone, get on the phone, and be better and be able to, to use what was taught that day. So how do people get more information? Like if they want to, if someone is insurance, they want to, they want to jump on one of the role plays on a Tuesday, where do they go? Yeah, it's a really complicated uh, website. It's called insuranceroleplay.com. <laughs> insuranceroleplay.com. I love that. Very good. Yeah. And I think there's the ability you can sign up for like a two week trial if you want to, um, but just that it's a pretty simple website. So um, if they're interested, there's even a contact us form. So if they have any questions, they can definitely contact us as well. Excellent. Very good. Insuranceroleplay.com. Well, thank you all very much for joining me today. This is, uh, an, a, a, an, I think, an important conversation, a crucial conversation for sales professionals. And it's not something that a lot of people are talking about, role-playing, because it sits in the back dark corner of training rooms where mm -hmm. I hang out. Uh, but, <laughs> but I think that if... We, if you take anything from this as a sales professional, treat yourself like an elite athlete because you are, and mm -hmm. elite athletes are practicing and role play is practicing. Uh, thanks, thank you for joining me, and thanks for for uh, Jeremy and Christian for joining me on the Sales Gravy podcast. Uh, and don't forget, go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com, and use the code free course. And you can take any course in our catalog. We have added this year alone 75 brand new courses uh, from people like uh, Andrea Walls. Uh, we've got uh, just Amy Franco was just in our studio. We've got uh, Jeremy and Christian are on. Christian are on as well. We've got Anthony Arino. We've got uh, Victor Antonio. Uh, we've got so many more. Even yours truly are on there. So go check it out, either yourself or your entire sales team. And by the way, if you've got an LMS, We'll just put the content right on your LMS so you, your learning management system can house this content. And uh, so go to learn.salesgravy.com, use code free course, and we'll see you next time on the Sales Gravy Podcast. Mm -hmm.